It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Ben Vereen. closing <gasps> no yeah. yeah so like this local record store we can't go throw money at it real quick like no nothing. they're retiring it's like a happy closing no it's but not i know oh my god yeah after 42 years they're retiring are they gonna have like a going away party we have to go to they're having a going at a business sale from now until july 30th okay i have to go but i'm like come on that's it like that's so sudden, and I've talked to like people who go there. I don't go there that oh often, god, but I talk to people who go there all the time. That we've seen right? there. Oh my god, I've started my DVD collection there. Like I started my like when I was into like horror movies yeah. and stuff, or like random movies. I guarantee you that I bought the Muppets show season two from there. Oh my god, I'm I'm so upset. All B- random BBC shows I've got. Oh there. yeah, they always had everything. Like Red Dwarf, I think uh-huh. I got there and stuff. It totally oh sucks. Oh my god, that makes me sad. End of an era, but like for real. Yeah. Ugh. I'm like 42 years. Heartbreak. 42 years. I need to go to the Heartbreak Hotel, which is probably next door. Who's saying Heartbreak Hotel? Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton? Like. I don't know. <laughs> this is the Heartbreak <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> not what a be, bad song. Not to be confused with the Heartbreak Motel, which is a totally different thing. <laughs> Uh, Megan, it's time to watch The Muppets. And we watched it. We watched the Ben Vereen episode of The Muppet Show, season one, episode 17, airing originally on January 22nd, 1977. Here is the synopsis of that episode. Fozzie gets stuck in a trick cabinet owned by Marvel the Magician, who is in Toledo, and is left to perform his act while in... (laughs) While in a... In a crate? This I this is another one of my problems. This is written really badly. Yeah, it is. You should rewrite them. Fozzie, stop! (laughs) (laughs) Fozzie gets stuck in a trick cabinet owned by Marvel the Magician, who is in Toledo, and is left to perform his act while in and have two pig stagehands tip the box over so Fozzie can take a bow. Identical pig. In the end. Fozzie escapes thanks to Crazy Harry, who is having a good time setting off other explosions. Harry. Okay. I know that I say this, like, every couple of episodes, but I truly, like, in my heart of hearts, believe that this might be the best episode of this season. I did not like this episode. No! Yeah. Why? I watched this episode, and I felt bored the whole time, and I'm like, is this episode going anywhere? Because I literally was like, everything is a hit. I love this whole episode. I'm not even kidding. At the end of every sketch, I was like, this was good. This was good. Even the Ralph UK spot? The Ralph UK spot, yeah, because I spent the entire time thinking about how they could puppeteer him playing the piano so well for Fur Elise. Like, I believed that he was playing. That's true. See, I was painting my nails in my car while I was watching the episode. and With uh, your Panera bread in lap. I didn't. And- I ate a peach today for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> but I wish I had Panera bread. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't like focused enough on it. But mm. things I did notice right off the top, I had texted you last week after we recorded and I said, oh my god, I forgot to say, Gonzo wasn't in last week's episode at all. Yeah. Which was weird. That was weird. And then even in this episode, I mean, we're jumping ahead, but, like, he's in the episode. He claims to have been in the episode, but he wasn't in the episode. But... Like, he and Scooter are walking off stage, backstage now, and they're like, could you believe it? We killed. This is the best episode yet. And it's like, bitch, we didn't see you do anything. Oh, my God. Gonzo was so cute in that part, but Fozzie actually mentions him in the opening joke. Mm -hmm. The great Gonzo something or other. I found the notes. Oh, the notes. I think I have the notes. So I believe the conspiracy theory of this episode is that there's a Mandela effect with Ben Vereen because I had thought that Ben Vereen was a homosexual man mm-hmm. who died of AIDS in the early 90s. Okay. That is not true. So then who is that man? I don't know. I'm obviously getting him conflated or mixed up with somebody else. Uh-huh. But um, I th- I really thought, like, he was, like, a tap dancer 
And maybe there is a tap dancer out there who this actually happened to. But when I looked him up, I was like, oh, my God, he couldn't have died. First of all, he's not gay. Second mm-hmm. of all, I think he got me too'd. Third of all, he was in an episode of The Nanny that was very, very, very funny. Yeah. What the, happened in uh, the episode of The Nanny, though? I forget what it was called. It's called, like, the Pishki episode. And uh-huh. it's like... Uh, her mom, what's her mom's name, Gloria? I forget her mom's name. Oh my god, I can't even think that she has a name. She's just Ma. Ma. And, well, she has a, oh, are you talking about the grandmother? No, no, that's, that's, uh, Yen- Yeti. Yeti. Yetta? Yetta, yeah. Okay, I can't Yeti. think of her mom's Yetta. name. Uh, yeah, so the mom has her, like, um, canasta club or whatever and like all the money they've been saving for whatever uh-huh. you know what i mean they end up investing it into um maxwell sheffield and cc's you know new play starring ben vereen oh okay yeah so and it's a very funny episode i think it's season two so but they think that like so they're boasting that like ben vereen is like a good get for this show so they should well, he's invest actually in, it. in the episode yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i, I forget how it goes but um i know that I know that is a good episode, and he's in it. So he obviously didn't die because he was no, alive to do because that. because he was alive to do the Yeah, nanny. and he's still alive. He's like 70-something years old. I right saw now. a horrible thing when we were looking through our, like, fun notes yeah. for last week that said that in 1992 he was in a horrible car accident. Oh, yeah. And he had, like, he had he had a lot of, I think, did he have a stroke because of it? But, like, he pulled through. Yeah, he pulled through. Ay, 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 ay. So this episode starts off with a two-headed singer... Okay. Singing jump, shout, boogie, while some whatnots jump, shout, and knock themselves out. Midway through the song, Ben Vereen appears and dances. He danced his ass off in this. And I also wanted to ask you a question. So what? he was in Pippin, okay. and he was in... Which one is Pippin? Pippin is the one about me? Charlemagne's son. So Who is Charlemagne? <laughs> <laughs> back pretty, up, back up. Okay. I'm pretty sure Charlemagne was like a king of France, right? Okay. Or like... I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm Megan, like, we're where's not, your wife? We're, I, she's, your wife she knows, is the smart one in history. Your wife like knows all this stuff. Yes. Okay, to my understanding, Charlemagne is like some kind of like king of France, I okay. guess. And um, he has a song. Is there a song in Pippin? Yeah, Spirit uh, Corner of the Sky. Hmm. Gonna find my... I can't sing, so I'm not gonna do it. But that's like the most famous song. Everybody, Every season has its... Everyone has... Everything has a season. Mm-hmm. Everything has a... Blah, blah, blah. If you heard this song, you would know this song. And now I'm going to look it up. Because I've definitely heard of Pippin, and it's one of those ones that you constantly see as being revived or, you know, being done at a high school theater or whatever. You hear that? It's very, like, baroque. Yeah, I was going to say this already sounds like it's probably a French... Yeah, that's Michael Jackson. I was going to say, is that... Anyway, I guess the Jackson 5 came out and did this as a single. Okay. So it must have been a big of a hit at its time then to, you know, garner... Yeah, it had garner... that, like, funky vibe, though, too. And then I think he was in... I can't I can't remember if he was in Jesus Christ Superstar or if he was in the other one, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, both by Andrew Lloyd Webber, so yeah. those get conflated. I always confuse the two of those for some reason. But then back... And then Godspell, I also confuse, too. I don't know too. what Godspell's about. Godspell is another one of those weird, like... Not even an allegory because Godspell. it is just so overtly religious. I feel like hair and Godspell get conflated. Is yeah, that maybe a that's thing? what I, I'm. You know what? You're you're helping me, Megan, because I'm conflating that I conflate them. <laughs> so that's what you're right. You're right. It's hair and Godspell. Okay. But um, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's about you know. Don't you know the story in the Bible where like all of the sons? It's like J. Is it Jacob? It's like his favorite son, Joseph. Mm-hmm gets sold into slavery by the other jealous brothers. And please, don't quote me on this. And basically, he becomes like, he like reads and interprets dreams. And he told the Pharaoh at the time that there was going to be a famine to stockpile food. So there was. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, stockpiled food. And then, you know, full circle, his brothers had to come back begging for food. And he was alive. And... 
you know, in like in the king's chambers. Anyway, that's what that one I guess is about. Andrew Lloyd Webber is so fucking weird. But on the nanny, you know, Maxwell she- Maxwell Sheffield's always like Andrew Lloyd. Webber. That's like his uh-huh, his, like, his villain. rival. Did you watch oh, that show, Nanny? I forgot. Mr. Sheffield is a producer on Broadway. Yes. Right. Yes. I forgot about that. Yep. Like main. Yeah. And he hates Andrew Lloyd Webber he and like hates curses Andrew him Lloyd. every episode. I know. It's so Shit. funny. But I think Bob Fosse did Pippin with some other folks, mm-hmm. and Andrew Lloyd Webber did Jesus Christ Superstar, and I guess Cats. I guess Andrew Lloyd Webber has had some really big hits. He did Webber Phantom. has he, yeah he has like staying power for some reason. He can like I guess trying a fun one. I think he performs to the lowest common, common denominator yeah. that it is accessible to everyone because even. As a kid, you have to remember those Cats ads running, like, 24-7 on TV. Yes. I know nothing about Cats, but I know that it's frightening at one point, and Mm -hmm. someone gets lifted off in a UFO or something. Oh, yeah. You didn't have a weirdo music teacher in middle school that made you watch it? No. My... Can I just describe my middle school music teacher? Okay. Very white lady. Mm -hmm. Short white hair. Used to dress in full African garb every day. Oh, no. And then one day her husband came in, uh-huh. and he was definitely African, Africa, okay. like African yes. from Africa. It was it was quite interesting because we would always be like, "What is with this?" Even lady? back then, you're like, "Listen, this <laughs> like there's something not right." Like we didn't have the words cultural appropriation uh-huh. or anything like that, but it was just like, "Why are you like obsessed with like <laughs> African culture?" Yeah. This is a critique of white people. I was listening to... <laughs> this is a critique of white people. I listen to Never Not Funny every Monday. There's like a new episode of this podcast. I listen to it on Mondays and Thursdays. And the host, comedian Jimmy Pardo, he was doing an impression of the comedian J.B. Smoove. You know J.B. Smoove? He's been in Cur- on Curb Your Enthusiasm for oh, a yeah. long time. Not the whole series, but like he came on maybe in like season three or four. Yep, yep, yep. And he's been on I it consistently since. yep. And Jimmy was telling a story about, like, meeting him recently while filming an episode of Conan. Mm-hmm. JB was going to be the guest because I guess Curb was coming back. I and Jimmy, then he he walks up to JB and he's going to give him, like, the 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 out of, like, hey, uh, JB, I don't know if you remember me, Jimmy Pardo, you know, we worked on whatever, and then kind of shoot the shit. And JB goes, Jimmy Pardo, blah, blah, blah. And, but... Jimmy then proceeded to do his impression of how J.B. Smoove talked to him. Why? In 2021. Why why do you feel that you should portray how he spoke to you like that? And it's not like... But would you would you portray another white person with an accent? Because I think I would. I just watched. Have you ever seen the show Kim's Convenience yet? No. And there, so they were talking about the difference between doing white accents and like how... White accents, like we'll say Australian or like a French accent, are completely on the table for anybody to do because they're white accents mm-hmm. and they don't count. <laughs> and then anyone can do. It's confusing. I mean, it's really hard not to get yourself into trouble, especially when you were. But like, also, you should. I don't know. This is like we're really going. No, but you off. should but like, be respectful. Hank Azaria of playing Apu should not have gone on for as long as it's gone on. Yeah, like it's weird. It's weird. So after the two-headed singer croons jump shout boogie. This was cute. This was cute. The two-headed guy, the like Siamese twin performer. I didn't performer, get it. That they're not addressed by any name or anything and they've never shown up before is very weird to me. Wait, and are they, do they know Gonzo? Is this Gonzo's like circus family? Is Gon- Gonzo's from the circus, right? Gonzo is from space, Megan. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, told yeah. you this countless times. He has a movie about being from space. Isn't there a movie where he's from the circus too? I don't think so. Or am I conflating Pee-wee's Big I Top? I think you're conflating it. <laughs> just this is our conflating episode. Big Top Pee-wee. <laughs> now we move on to Statler and Waldorf up at the box. Waldorf claims the show is starting to grab him when a pair of fuzzy hands grab him and drag him under his seat. I like that. I liked it too. It was very dumb. I liked it. I, I love how like shit like that happens to them and Statler is like not phased. Like Waldorf, your bro just got like literally snatched out of there and dragged to hell for all you know oh and you're my like God. Oh, 
it didn't work out for you or whatever. Oh, like such just... a good accent <laughs> impression. It it's a white ta- voice. It's I on the table. I could do white impressions only. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Doug. You're yeah. never going to guess what my favorite sketch is. What's your favorite sketch? In of this, this episode? Yeah. If you guess, I'll give you a quarter. Did you like the talk spot? No. Oh, really? No, the talk spot was a good talk spot for a talk spot. I know what what sketch you loved, and we'll get there in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take that quarter. Um, we move back to backstage where Fozzie Bear finds Marvel the Magician's magic box and enters inside despite Kermit's warning. The door I would do shuts, the same. And since it's a trick box, he's stuck inside. Marvel can't help because he's in Toledo. I liked this. I thought this was really funny that, like, he would be stuck in this thing the whole time. I liked it, too. And it must have made Frank Oz's job a little easier. To just, like, remain here. Did you notice those two identical pigs? No. That brought out the box Mm -mm. for him to do the joke? No. And did you notice they put the hat, Fozzie's hat, on top? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And Wrong Piggy was in this episode. Yeah. Wrong Piggy also was in Veterinarian. That's what I'm talking about. Piggy, I liked that they when they do like that dumb polka bit, and Piggy and George the Jenner oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah, a yeah, polka yeah. dance is what that they was claimed cute. it was. I liked that. I like seeing There's the real Muppets work backstage. Also, I like do background that. bits. You know, they had backstage, and you know what? I think Ben Vereen was backstage too. With At Hilda, one point, yeah, I think that was supposed to be like a little off the cuff thing. Yeah, definitely like a before something. I forget what Hilda says to him. So then Hilda just like compliments him and is like, oh, we're having such, you've been a dynamite guest or something, oh, right? Oh, God. And then dynamite, the dynamite Something like that, yeah. So Kermit tries introducing Ben's next number, but Crazy Harry sets off two explosions in the balcony and presents him with a short fuse and then a bomb blows up. Crazy Harry's running gag of like blowing things up for me kind of worked in this episode better than in others. I liked the callback to, like, in the talk spot when Ben gets exploded to the ceiling and he's hanging from the the scaffolding and then later on it happens. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was funny. But it also kind of took a little bit away from this episode because beyond knowing that he's, like, a quote-unquote, as the 70s would say, like, song and dance guy, we never learned anything about Ben Vereen from anything in this episode do you know no. and you know what the tap i feel like he tried to do a little tap dance and they, like they didn't have him mic'd for mm-hmm. the tap or something yeah like, it was weird which you you do have to mic tap shoes it's weird that you have to do that but like otherwise you wouldn't necessarily you know yeah so then after this we move on to ben singing mr cellophane all right uh, yeah. I liked it at first, and then I was like, okay. I liked the set of it. It felt to me like they were on a Sesame Street type set or something. It was a very large set. I just missed the pie in the face with the monsters. I was like, I wish this was when that one lady, who I can't remember her name, Sandy Duncan, mm-hmm. went and she got like, she was like talking to those monsters. That was really funny. Yeah. I think that they need to they needed him to have like gonzo in the sketch with him or like they he needed a partner in that yeah. sketch he was alone wait who was he with in the sketch please remind no me one. I was he was my with mouth. just like what i could best describe as like background like newsy looking background newsy. muppets you know they all have on that stupid hat no, i've never seen it i'm aware of kidding. it christian bale kidding. totally joking i think but, that's about newspaper boys i would i, I think <laughs> so What's Jersey Boys about? Jersey Boys is about is that Frankie Valley? I think it right? is. Right in Frankie the four Valley. seasons. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. You know your stuff. I always get the four seasons and the four tops confused. Jersey Boys. Jersey gets a bad Jersey rap, Boys but... is that walk like a man. That like high Why do you I don't all these good impressions. I don't understand how that's something someone wants to listen to. Aye, aye, aye. Like why would you want to listen to like I don't know how long is a musical? Like, two hours. N- at least 90 minutes of, oh like... God. At least they give you an intermission on a yeah. musical. And it's just, wait, Sherry, baby. That, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, and it, but if you ask, like, one of my uncles, they're like, the best musical I've ever seen is Jersey Boys. Yeah, I had some pasta fazool oh, afterwards. Bada bing. Uh, yeah, but I love Jersey Boys. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell you. So, yesterday, I watched the movie Moonstruck with Cher. Now, I've seen... And Nicolas Cage. I... 
I've I, seen it peripherally in the 90s as a kid. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it, but I know the the DVD cover of Cher like this. Yeah. And like maybe she has her shoes in her hand or something oh, yeah, she, like I think that. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. You're so good at that. You're like, you spent so much time at the video store. It's not uh-huh. even funny. <laughs> I know I don't want to rent that one. Yeah. I know I don't want to rent that one. <laughs> and then there's me, like a fly to the light. Like, Oh, the child's play cover where with the scissors. Like, let's get this one. And my parents are like, no. You know what sucks about that? And I know that wait, I just derailed you from talking about That's Moonstruck, okay. but like Child's Play, the cover with the with Chucky with the scissors is for Child's Play too. And that's the worst one of the entire franchise. So that that one be the most enticing also sucks because like it's not a good Child's Play movie. Yeah, is that the one with the military kid? No, that's the third that's one. That's the third and one. And I do like that, that one. That one I like, too. When the kid throws himself on a grenade, that's, like, heavy as fuck. Yeah. For a dumbass movie. It's kind of weird that these movies are rated R and they, like, involve kids. But I guess, like, The Shining involved a kid. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of horror yeah. movies do. Two the is Exorcist. the one with the factory at the end. I actually... It was, like, an, I think... An, I actually like that scene with the factory at the end. This The end is great. It's, but that's, like, a 15-minute set piece, right? Yeah. And that, is that... I'm just literally unpacking this again live to you. Is that supposed to be, like, an homage to T2? What's T2? Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Oh, I think Right? So. Like, the whole... First of all, Terminator 2 is the only Terminator. I've never seen Terminator 1. I've never seen any of the other ones. I've no. seen T2. That's it. T2 and I don't the feel the need one. to see any more. Why? I remember I saw T1 after seeing T2, and I was like... And I was a kid, so in my kid brain, I was like to my parents, like, wait, why is he the bad guy in this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that he is the... He's the machine program to go kill... And I was kill. like, no. My little brain could not comprehend that. Plus... Ed Furlong and all of that. I was like, Su-. and then who's Sarah Connor in that one? I love that when she's doing the pull-ups or the push-up. Yeah. Uh, she's so badass. I love it. And, and remember, then when like, she's on the fence, and she's like, I was just gonna say on the fence when like the atom bomb goes oh off or God. whatever. That's first like- of all, I love that. But also like Last Action Hero came out too, mm-hmm. and it's like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's our friend before he came became governor of you know, yeah. California or whatever. And was he our friend still? Like I don't know. He is a weirdo vegan. He's still a Republican and like. Like a fucking Kennedy. All right. But, but he's he, not a Trump. No, no. He's Trump not a Trump always throws Republican. Him Trump's like, you know, he took over. He had the worst ratings. He had the worst ratings, <laughs> yeah. The Apprentice Tank. Oh, yeah, like, okay. Sure. Oh, that's so funny. So I watched Moonstruck, <laughs> and it was yeah. so... It was so bad and campy, uh-huh. but it was like when I was... Wa- but it was also hilarious, and I was laughing at it the whole time. Do you know... Where this movie came out in, like, the canon of Cher movies from that era? Like, is this the first one, or did, like... No, Is the one Mermaids not. is... Mermaids has to come later. Mermaids is a better movie, and Mermaids has, like, to be honest with you... Okay, well, let me just get my point across. Uh-huh. So my point <laughs> of Moonstruck is it's it's a precursor and a setup to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Period. Yeah. That's what that movie is. It's, it's like, it's like for My Big Fat Greek Wedding to have happened, mm-hmm. Moonstruck happened. Okay. Or do you mean from a creative standpoint or from a story standpoint? Story, comedy, creative, like having this like white ethnic family Uh and like all like the dysfunction that's fun. Because, I mean, the funniness of it. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is like, from all intents and purposes, it's one of the, it's like the first big indie movie. It's a and it's a rom because it's literally almost about nothing, right? It's low stakes. It's about this. Horrible, overbearing family. Yeah, at a wedding. So Cher lives with her very rich, like Italian family. Uh-huh. She herself is sort of overbearing. She doesn't fix herself up. She has the gray hair. She's not really taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. Her husband died. Cher was gray back in she, like, the eighties. No, she thinks she was. It's for the movie. Uh-huh. She thinks she was cursed. You know all this yeah. stuff. And then she goes to like she gets proposed to by this guy. And then he goes and he sees his dying mother in Sicily. And he's like, the one thing I want you to do is is go get my brother. Right. Mm-hmm. So then she goes and gets her brother who while well, he's in Sicily and it's Nicolas Cage and Nicolas they Cage They play brother and sister? I mean, I'm sorry. She goes and gets oh, okay. her fiance's fiance brother. brother. Yeah, I'm not speaking right. Okay. And it's like he just jumps into it. It's like he's so mad and he's like I lost my pride. I lost my hand. You know because 
he was about to get married and his brother, who Cher's supposed to be marrying, God forbid I can remember their names, um, distracted Sunny. him while he was oh, no. cutting the meat. While he was cutting some oh, my meat. God. So he cut off his hand. And then his fiance left him because she didn't want to marry, you know, a cripple or whatever. Meanwhile, him and Cher basically fall in love within like a day and a half they're moon they are moonstruck there's a whole moon thing going on about it's like oh la bella luna the moon oh my god you know what i mean that's That's amore that's amore oh oh, dean martin's in the beginning and at the end he's like opens and closes you know what i mean so i don't know so anyway it's like this like kind of like frumpy ish as frumpy as Cher can be let's just say that my big fat greek wedding got this part a little better i mean Cher looks great uh you know, and kind of like, oh, I don't care about my looks or whatever. And then, like, goes in, gets her hair done, comes mm-hmm. out. She's fucking fabulous looking. She looks amazing. Yeah. They go she, to the, she takes the ponytail out, shakes her hair, and she's Yeah, they just... go to the opera to see La Bohème because, of course, Nicolas Cage is obsessed with opera. And, like, he's... Anyway, so... Some of these things in Nicolas Cage movies, like little affectations and tics and stuff, feel like he goes, what, what? Like, on set, like, what if my character is obsessed with the opera? And they're like, okay. And they yeah, but, just do it. But it's like, it opens with them, like, with La Bohème, like, stuff. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. tuberculosis this, tuberculosis that. Moving on to my big fact. That's what it, La Bohème is about, by the way. Okay, I mean, like yeah. how Rent is about AIDS. And well, they, they say that. It's literally it's, a copy. Yeah. yeah. And instead of tuberculosis, it's about AIDS and gays. Speaking of gays, have you seen Angels of Amer- in America? That's no! A, that's a good one. No, it's so long also. So what? Will not. So what? Nancy Botwin's in that movie. Uh, but it's about, like... First of all, I saw it on Broadway, and guess who starred in it when I saw it on Broadway? Tilda Swinton. No, Andrew Garf- Garfield. Oh, okay. Spide- Spidey Man. I, you said guess. Guess. I don't know. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man starred in it. Anyway. So, put some Windex. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what's next, Dougie. Oh, wait, one more thing. Just before, <laughs> just before I stop. Yeah. So you did watch The Nanny growing up. Yeah, on and off. In reruns on, can I, oh my God, I have a fun jingle to share oh with God, you. Oh my God, sure. Ready? The Nanny. I'm going to sing the jingle that used to play on Fox 5 in the New York, New Jersey, tri-state area um, every afternoon to announce the block in which you would be a Fox watcher. You ready? I'm a fox Be a fox watcher. <laughs> Wait, what is it? It's the nanny at 6, Drew Carey at 6.30, the nanny again at 7 p.m., and the Simpsons at 7.30. That was the block. I would watch that. So I would watch the nanny, then I would watch Drew Carey, then I would watch the nanny, and then I would watch the Simpsons, and then my dad would put on Jeopardy. <gasps> no, wait. Jeopardy, I would miss that second nanny to watch Jeopardy. Oh, you gotta watch so I'd Jeopardy. Watch, I would go nanny, Drew, Jeopardy. Then to The Simpsons, because I, mean, I can't okay, miss these so Simpsons Okay, so The Nanny, reruns. excellent theme song. Also, love an opener with a cartoon. The Nanny has the perfect theme song for a television show. It serves absolutely to tell you exactly the what story. the fuck is going on yeah. with this show if you've never seen it before. Yeah. Who would have guessed that the doctor... Yeah. Anyway. And then Drew Carey, both theme songs for Drew Carey, really good. I love the Drew Carey show. Really good theme song. Yeah, I think so. And we want to try to find like a box set, but you can't find it anywhere. Oh my God. Okay. Vintage Vinyl. <laughs> why don't we Why don't we try to go to Vintage the Vinyl? The only season that was ever released is season one. <sighs> it's all because of like licensing and stuff. Because remember, they would do weird-ass episodes, and there was so much music in it. I'm all right, or I'm not. I don't even remember. I love you, Cleveland. I don't remember. I'm just trying. I don't know why. You're singing the That 70s Show theme yeah, song. I am. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Kermit tries breaking Fozzie out with a hammer, but to no avail. Fozzie feels bad that the show is now ruined, since the show will have to be canceled if he can't do it. Kermit offers an alternative. Replace Fozzie, but he doesn't want... He doesn't take that news too well. We move on to a Muppets news flash. Reports on Mr. Cosgrove, who tried to break the world record in flagpole sitting. This was a cute joke. in the process. His wife announces that he will fl- she will fly him at half-mast for ten days in memoriam. Was this joke automatically followed up by the houses? No, the okay. houses are a little bit further on. Okay. We then move just simply to At the Dance. At the Dance had a very stupid joke. <laughs> so At the Dance 
I <laughs> thought this was pretty funny. I liked a lot of the pairings. I thought it was weird that we went back to Zoot and Janice, though. Yeah. And, uh, Flo- no, yeah, Zoot. I feel like this episode was filmed earlier. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you're right. Because I didn't like it as much. There's a lot, but the right, the new pig was with, was at the dance. Oh, so maybe not. But I still do think that this is, like, an earlier, for some reason. It was weird. Mm. But, so, Floyd and Janice are dancing, and Janice says, oh, did you hear the Rolling Stones are on the show tonight? (laughs) And then Floyd says, oh, the Rolling Stones are my favorite singing group. Yeah. Who describes the Rolling Stones as a singing group? Why didn't he say, like, rock band, or... I don't know, but... Who uses that term anymore, singing group? I don't know. It's like when my dad would, like, he would not just say country music. He would say he liked country and western music. Wait. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to mean. Every time. He'd be like, oh, I've been listening to, what is, like, 106.7 or something like the country music, or it was a country music station out here. And he would say, yeah, I'm listening to 106.7, the country and western station. Okay. Question. Or he'd say, "Oh, we when I was a kid, my friends and I we would go to this bar in New York City, and there was a country and western bar, and it was called like the Gecko or some lizard, something like that." And I'm like, "It's just country, Dad." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, country and western music mostly, or whatever." And I'm like, "Who says that?" Do you like country and western music? Dad? No, I don't. You're not a huge. No, I don't even have like a soft spot for mo- any of it. Yeah. Same. I mean, like, I like, like, Orville Peck. Did we already have this oh, conversation? Orville Peck, I don't know. Is he, like, technically... He might describe himself as, like, a country Like, I don't want, singer. like, a country-ish thing. Like a like a Dolly Parton, Jolene, or, uh-huh. like, a, like, a 9 to 5. But, like... Like, literally just Dolly and Orville. That's it? Like, I'm sure there's, like... Gonna get Orville? a bootstep, bootstep, booger. I like that but, one. Like, you know that one I'm talking about? That's because new. he sings with that country timber. You know, like, yeah. and it would, but it's don't indie music hurry, to me. You know, like, it's like indie Just rock. Just another boy, cotton. Ride. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, like, I like, like, stuff like that, but, like, would I ever put on a country station? Absolutely not. And this is No, because the, you wouldn't hear Orville Peck on that anyway. No, but, but also, like, back in the day before, like, Sirius XM or uh-huh. before it was, like, more popular, like, you know, you listen to the radio and, like, your favorite radio station would be replaced by a country and western radio station. Yeah. Why? In New Jersey. Yeah. Why? I remember the first time we lost our favorite oh my God, G-1063. G? It was replaced by a country and what western station. What did it come, out, come back as? Not G. It rock. was like a Jack FM It wasn't G-Rock radio. No. I loved G-Rock. That radio station ruled. And then now, like... The rock station. No, now K Rock oh, is back. K Rock, but it's iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah. I, all these radio stations suck. And then like when it's I went not. To, every time I go to LA, there I'm like, why is the radio so much better in LA? Mm-hmm. Like just regular radio. Yeah, like it's like, still there's, there's like good songs on, yeah. like consistently. Like the art of radio DJing hasn't died. Like, yeah, in some markets, but over here, it's it's it is all iHeartRadio and Jack FM and like these big conglomerate stations someone please tell us this right is our in. like corporate episode huh? yeah right in enough down with corporate yeah oh, it's boring even, like i listen to a lot of serious and i'm starting to get exhausted by it because it's a lot of the same shit same like i actually discontinued my service until they gave me like three months free in my car mm-hmm. but it's like i love that first wave station but i'm like all right, you're not even giving me B-sides, bro. Oh my God. Like, Did you see Richard Blade is getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? This episode is yes! for no one. Who else is excited that Richard Blade That's is getting great. a star on the Oh, my God. Go, Richard I Blade. I couldn't believe that. I love yeah, it. Yeah, isn't that wild? That's really cool. <laughs> I know. This episode's all over the place because I didn't oh, like it, so about, I like, keep niche, staring it off. New wave. Ep- yeah, right? You're like, oh, I didn't like this episode. And here I am like, well, it was good. And now you have me talking about... <laughs> <sighs> anyway, put some Windex. So then a bunch of Rolling Stones come by and oh, yeah. roll. How Janice goes, feel? not those Rolling Stones. And it's like a bunch of rocks. We move on to our UK spot where Rolf plays for Elise. And you liked this. I did like it because the hands were moving in sync in such a manner that it made me think how uncomfortable, even if they're pretending to play piano, 
They were doing a really, really great job pretending to fucking play they piano. They did. They did a great job. And all I kept thinking is, you know what? I would be way more entertained if this was Dr. Teeth because yes. I like his flappy arms. Yeah. I don't know if maybe Rolf tests better with like an English audience for some reason or why it is always Rolf. It's almost Rolf exclusively in these UK spots. He, he'll be in it them with someone is. else. Yeah. But like if it's a solo spot, it's him. Yeah. And maybe that's just a testament to Jim Henson's love of the character, Rolf. Yeah, because where else would he be otherwise? He's like he not doesn't really fit everywhere in. else. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, when you watch his hand movements, he's moving yeah. in such a believable manner. And in order to achieve that, you would have to have someone else in between you playing piano, managing the hand. The yeah. Head. You know, like to have, unless we live in this crazy world where someone is doing the right hand and or, you know jim is doing the right hand and the mouth yeah. and then someone is in doing the left hand yeah. but it still looks like in sync it like is someone is truly cool. playing piano so i was like this song is for the birds it's for elise you know it's mm. great but like it's not for the birds it's for elise it's for elise <laughs> i'm going to let you have that and we'll move on to the next <laughs> at the talk spot we crazy harry Oh, God. I can't stand Crazy Harry. Ben explained he needs to dance with great explosive power. Crazy Harry hears his cue and sets off an explosion, and Ben ends up in the rafters. This This, is fun. It was fun, but I do think that sometimes the talk spots can just be a talk spot, and we can have a conversation. Yeah, they don't have to have a gimmick. Yeah. when It's like, Ben Vereen, who are you? And why does my phone autocorrect your last name to Veneer? Sorry. <laughs> but that's a valid question. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you on the show right now? In a world where, like, most of these variety shows do have the catch of, like, a talk show where you're on the show because yeah, you, you want XYZ know. thing oh, I going love ben on. Ben Vereen. Let me put him on, you yeah. know? Or I don't know who Ben Vereen is. Tell me who he is, and yeah. then I'll go seek him out in other ways. I know that they don't really do this with many other guests, but I feel like with Candace Bergen, they kind of dove into who, what makes her tick. Yeah. And maybe into like Rita Morano and some Rita of the Morano's other like you getting know, a documentary coming. It's coming out like next week or something really? like that. Rita, Mur- I saw that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, apparently she was married to Marlon Brando, and oh, it was Christ. like an abusive relationship. Jesus. Do you ever see Apocalypse Now? No, not a movie for you. Where is the H word? <laughs> Isn't that from that? Maybe I don't know. Apocalypse Now. Okay, I, <clears throat> I won't go into that one. In any event. Then we move back to the box where Waldorf says it's time for a tea break. Statler complies by knocking his teacup off the ledge. I loved this. Mm-hmm. It was very stupid. Yeah, it was very stupid. Then we just stupid. quickly move back on to Fozzie in the box. Fozzie tries to convince Kermit that the show needs him. He says a Muppet show without Fozzie Bear is like a Gilbert and Sullivan without... It's like Gilbert without Sullivan, Ham without Cheese, Polka without Hauntus, <laughs> which I also really loved. I laughed at very all these, stupid. yeah. Kermit asks what is what a polka is, and oh, God. Miss Piggy and George the Janitor to dance to polka music. Okay. This again, these like little you know, moving our our storyline forward of what's Moving going right on along. backstage. We then move on to Veterinarian's Hospital. Doctor Bob. I George was in the sketch, any and chance, I loved how he was like, "How did I get in this sketch?" So reluctant. <laughs> any chance that I get to hear you do your impression of Richard Hunt's Miss Piggy saying "Doctor Bob <laughs> Megan" is a good day for me. <laughs> George reluctantly visits the operating room to help with his cold sweat. All the animal jokes were about Ralph. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to remember. Uh, he's the doc. The doctors for the dogs or whatever. He's here to help the ant. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The, this was. Good, but there was something about it that I really liked that I wanted to... Oh, fuck! Okay, I remember what it is. He looks under the blanket yeah. at George, and he says that he thinks he has pen transit phobia. And I oh, don't know why this, this is meant laugh. to, but it's the fear of traveling through Pennsylvania. I thought that was so fucking funny, because me too, bro. Me too. Yeah, I have pen transit phobia. And I don't know what... What was the point of that joke? Like, what was that? It was very funny. And I just thought to myself, either somebody is from Pennsylvania who has left Pennsylvania Uh, or like they have a thing about Pennsylvanians. And I, you know, right. You know, sue me. Go ahead. Write in and tell me I have a thing about Pennsylvania and I I am currently working in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and I'm so confused by the people I work with. I, I don't understand it. Well, and for some reason, 
like this Pennsylvania that like kisses New Jersey, that like yeah. Bucks County and such down to Philly. It's weird that it also feels like South Jersey. Yeah. Like what, they water. all talk so fucking weird. Water. They say the water. Water. They say all their like I don't know. Everybody at my job says water, and I'm like okay. And it's like why? Water. 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 <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know, but I will go at any cost to not have to go to Pennsylvania. With all these like concerts now opening up with like COVID. Kind of. Relaxing. I really like to ask people if they've ever left Pennsylvania. Do you think people who are in Pennsylvania are like lifers? I think a lot of them are more so than Jersey people. Mm-hmm. Our friend has a theory that if you're born in Jersey, you have this like thing where you have to like come back to die in New Jersey, <laughs> and that might be true. Have you seen all the weird stuff about New Jersey lately, though? That like it's rated the number one state to live in right That's now. That's why everybody lives here. And it's um, also I just saw it. Ha- we have the third lowest depression rate. Wh- why the do most you think attractive New Jersey people. is so overpopulated? It's because wild to me that all it's the butt of so many jokes. I went to the state park this last weekend called Swartzwood State Park. Have you okay. ever heard of it? No. Me neither. It was the very first state park in New Jersey. It was Fuck formed off. by a glacier. Wow. It was one of the most beautiful parks I've been to. Where was it? Whereabouts? After Bedminster. So like okay. northwest Jersey, but not but not quite to the Delaware Water Gap. Yeah. It was an hour and 15 minutes away. It was like I, I was in a different state. Wow. And I'm like, this is the crazy thing. And then we went like horseback riding and stuff like that. It's like, it was just crazy and nice there. And, and it's weird because you could have traveled a hu- like an hour and 15 minutes south and gone to like a beautiful beach. Also. Exactly. Or like, you can travel, less, you, know, you know, north and see the oil refineries and see like, <laughs> you know, the worst of New Jersey yeah. as well. But it's like, there is so much in New Jersey. And that's why like hundreds of thousands of people come here and live here yeah, like the all the time. the most densely populated state. In the country. And we probably, I, if I would guess, I mean, we have some of the biggest, like, immigrant populations mm-hmm. there are in the United States as well. Yeah. You know. It's so, I don't know, it's wild. Yeah. Megan, I think we're about to move on to your favorite sketch of the night. Tell me what it is. Talking houses. No, it wasn't. It's you don't not? get a quarter. Oh, my God. Well, the talking houses, one house tells the other house his uncle's fondness for the poet Edgar Guest. Oh my god. Do you know why that is? Because he's a guest house. And too bad Christopher Guest wasn't like a thing back then because anytime I hear the word guest, I think Christopher Guest Uh because he's the one and only guest. Be my guest. Corky. Let's just name (laughs) all of my favorite characters of Christopher Guest. I know. So then we move on to Blackout. Ben tells Hilda he's getting a bang, a big charge from the show. Cueing Crazy Harry again. To explode him, and he gets stuck to the ceiling. So I don't like this. I felt like they tried to cram in too much stuff, and like, why did Crazy Harry get so much stage time, and like, not Ben Vereen? That's what I'm saying. Like, it was more about what Crazy Harry was doing than what, and what Ben Vereen wasn't allowed to do. And I think what I'm saying is, is this is their first opportunity to have a black man on the show, yeah. and they're using it to not have a black man on the and show. And to blow him up, honestly. Yes. And it was, it's, like, weird. And I know that, like, this show is from the 70s and everything, but this is what we're doing. Yeah. We are literally sitting and dissecting this show. We're not trying to, like, cancel it or whatever. Like, that's not a thing. No. And all we're trying to say is, like, this is weird. No, it's definitely weird. This was their one, their first black man guest... And they used him, like, hardly at all. He has no personality in this besides singing two songs. And, like, jumping on the rafters and being like, I'm Which really good really with my party. Oh, wait, but, but Kermit, like, we forgot to say, Kermit was like, do you work out a lot? And he just, like, laughed. It was awkward. Did you uh, notice the awkward moment between them? Yeah. It was, like, a long time. He was like, well, yeah, I use my body, basically. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, And, and I can't help but think, like... I don't think because of the way that he opened the show, Ben Vereen, when he was like, or like sang that song, mm-hmm. 
he took charge of the stage. Like, yeah. I felt like Absolutely. so like in it with him. I felt like he was super comfortable with the presence, Muppets. Talent, yeah. Uh, like I yeah. am almost thinking like, is it Jim Henson's like awkwardness with him? Mm-hmm. Like I am like, learn. I still have to watch that Jim Henson doc. Yeah. Who is the, the, the factor that's struggling to make these things connect? Yeah. Is it Jim? Is it also just the like being really like, green or with Kermit. trying to figure the, the, yeah exactly and being really green to you know producing this entire yeah. show it, it it's been said that he struggled for a long time to like pitch the show sell this show yeah. get the show off the ground and maybe this is why yeah maybe this is why mm-hmm. you know because mm. then megan we fucking move on to a wayne and wanda sketch. and this is my favorite sketch of the this- I will tell you, this was the best Wayne and Wanda sketch. I think made solely because you and I have watched every fucking episode of this Jennifer show so was far. In this sketch. And Jennifer was in it. Jennifer. I was. I I saw Jennifer and I was like, yes. I was like, Jenny, I got your number. I was so happy Jennifer was so, in the sketch and Wanda's face at the end of the sketch. I was living. Wayne sings a line of "I'll know until another lady captures his eye," and I was like, "Where the fuck is this gonna go?" And then cue Jennifer, and I was like, "This is so fucking funny! I love this! I loved it!" And what? So, his face. Okay, for those who are listening to this show who are not watching the sketch, we hate Wayne and Wanda, whatever. But Wayne and Wanda's bit this week was basically he was singing this song about how he'll know his true love when he sees her. Mm -hmm. And Wanda is, of course, staged as though she's being sung too. Yes. Then we cue this other (laughs) Muppet that we've dubbed Jennifer. Wayne catches the eyes of Jennifer and then goes, oh no, and he runs off to go catch her. Because that's his love. And then Wanda crunches her face in. She does the full, like, the the bald fist mouth. Yeah. Oh my god. It made me laugh so hard. This truly was the best way. It was the best. Better than, better than... Getting sawed, 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 sawed in uh-huh. half, and better than the tree falling on yeah. Wayne, which were both really good too. I don't know. I think we're starting to realize that. I'm scared I'm going to miss this sketch. Wayne and Wanda suck. That's the point of them. Yeah. So we're supposed to hate them. And it was a. It's like the long game with these sketches yes. because I finally like the. I've realized this week that I actually like this sketch, and when that Me happened, too. I was like, "Oh <laughs> my god, I'm gonna miss this because we know we have, that it's gone after the first season." We have Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. From Wayne and Wanda. Hilarious. So next we move on. Hilda tries comforting Fozzie, but ends up shutting the door he peeps out from. Kermit then tells Fozzie he can go on after all. Fozzie does his act from inside the box with the help of two pigs who wheel him in and out and help him with his bow. Uh, eh. This was funny, and I think what makes this not as fun to me and what is starting to kill this in the box thing is the way that it ends. Would they tip him down? No. The way the whole box bit ends, I oh, mean. Oh, how he just shows so up. So let's, oh, like, okay. move on to the next thing so I could bitch about the Moving box right thing. along. So then Ben cheers up Droop. I loved Droop. Droop oh, is yeah. that little oh, green yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, I liked him. I like this. My favorite part of this whole thing, though, is, like, Droop is literally standing there, and he's like, this place sucks. I hate it here. I'm bored. He's like a... Like a teenager, Yeah, basically. he's a teenager. He's sitting around like, this is garbage, this is stupid, whatever. Ben Vereen shows up and he's like, oh, I could take you somewhere fun. And he's like, I'm not allowed to cross this street. Uh, he's yeah. like, well, hang on. Then he Willy Wonka's it. Why? Why was he, why did he sing Pure Imagination? Come with me. When Gene Wilder, can we just talk about when Gene Wilder sings this song? You're like, oh my God. That the song sung by Gene in that movie takes the movie on another level, and you start to feel he's crazy. He, he's he's unhinged. Yeah, the way that he performed that song. I know that a lot of like the Willy Wonka that we know in that movie literally came from Gene fucking around, mm-hmm. and I think that it's so interesting that he was allowed to do that in such a way because he set the tone for this fucking movie. 20 minutes into the movie. You know, like, think about how long, as a kid, I would watch Willy Wonka and I would fast forward through the whole fucking beginning. Really? it sucked. I didn't care about that. I wanted to see as soon as they got into the chocolate factory. And there's a good 20 minutes of movie before that happens. October 1st. And then the remake, it's December 1st, which is weird. 
where they get invited. Do you know they're making it a third fucking time? Wait, but Charlemagne, Timothy Charlemagne, Timothy Charlemagne, Charlemagne, yes. Timothy Charlemagne. I like the way he looks. Like uh-huh. he's you very love handsome. androgynous dudes. Yeah, kind of. he's like a chiseled face. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You and him and uh, what's the other one? Ezra Miller. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Just the three of you. They can both. Like, yeah. I, I, I more want to look like them than want to <laughs> do anything, like, sexual with them. I just, like, I'm like, oh, in another life. They, I don't know why they keep remaking that movie. Why? Who who cares about that movie? It's literally, it was perfect the first time. Everything I know about Gene Wilder is from learning about Gilda Radner. So uh-huh. I just watched that doc, Love yeah. Gilda, and... You know, I learned a little bit about Gene Wilder or whatever, but like apparently very serious, like very serious about his acting craft. You yeah. know what I mean? But you know what I didn't know, which I guess if I was a Gene Wilder fan, I would have known. I didn't realize that he wrote Young Frankenstein with Mel Brooks. Oh, I didn't know that they either. They wrote it together. That's cool. That's pretty cool. It's also weird that you don't hear about that. Yeah. You know, it's a Mel Brooks movie. It's never. Well, it has like that a, spin you know. on it, but Gene, I guess, did could do the whole shtick. You yeah. know what I mean? The Mel Brooksy shtick. Yeah. Gene Wilder was a great actor and like I don't remember where I heard it and I know it's like a tired story but like when he he created that like that idea that when Willy Wonka first present himself he have the cane and present as though like he's crippled in some way and then he does that weird fake fall oh yeah into the flip yeah and apparently he had he just did that oh on like in a take in one take and he did that so that you knew from then on out that things with Willy Wonka are never what they seem. That he could, he's, if this is the first way he's presenting himself with like a game and a shtick like that, then you would never really know when he's being truly. Yeah, no, it's, I, I that's brilliant. I never knew that. Yeah. Such a fucking weird I mean, thing. if I think about the movie, the movie is really well done. I mean, yes, the whole beginning of the movie with the grandpa and, the, like, the very poverty-stricken family, like, uh-huh. that that is very boring. It's very tired. Like, I don't even think Mary Poppins is that bad. Like, what's the beginning no. of Mary Poppins? It's kind of boring, right? The beginning of Mary Poppins? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah. It's um not boring from a... Like, uh, social standpoint, I don't think. It's more that the kids are bored because their parents are so active. Their father's uh, a banker. Yeah, their yeah, mother's yeah, yeah. a suffragette. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a... Off to a rally! Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> just no time for fun. Yeah. Is what the problem is there. In Willy Wonka, there's movie. no money it. for fun, I think is the idea. You but know, like ha- that there's no time for fun because... Charlie, as soon as he gets home from delivering newspapers, has to help his mother with the laundry while his mother makes food for the whatever. You know, like I don't know. They're I'm just too, like they're the Grandpa too Joe up. thing is just like kills me. I can't even believe they allow him to go. That is, yeah, like one of those like hindsight bullshit things where you're like, oh, this motherfucker can hop out of bed and do a song and dance and then walk to this factory with me. Meanwhile, like mom is on her like third like cauldron pot of laundry for the afternoon like you can't Ugh. let mom go with charlie but the exactly come on mom, you fucking take over the laundry never gets to do anything. one of you motherfuckers get out of this bed also that i it tickles me Seriously. to shit that they're joseph and josephine oh yeah and george and georgina oh yeah, yeah are yeah, the yeah, grandparents yeah. i didn't even think of that it's so it's ridiculous but i do remember the beginning of the movie and the anticipation of like Wait, when is you know he's gonna get the golden ticket? But like, when yeah. the hell does he get the golden and ticket? And you watch him not. get And doesn't it. he have to like chase it down the block? How does he end up getting it? The grandpa gets it, or they try to open it and they don't. The, he gets it by accident. I thought he buys one. It's weird. He it's buys like, one in the beginning and doesn't get it. He gets one for his birthday, and like it's supposed to be like the family fucking scraped their like savings to buy him this chocolate bar for his birthday. And Charlie opens it, and there's no ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think he, like, finds money in the drain. Is that not it? He finds money in, like, a sewer? Maybe. And then buys it with that. Because I feel like I can remember him digging. And then he buys the bar, and he wins. And then Slugworth, he runs with the golden ticket. I got a golden ticket, the whole thing. And then Slugworth stops him in that, like, dark alley that he takes as like a shortcut slugworth is snape in this movie right he's like yeah. a good guy but a playing a bad guy yeah and I, to that point i don't know why alan rickman didn't play him in the yeah like why wasn't movie, alan it should have been him yeah. in that to that but yeah and it, it, he wants to steal the recipe for the everlasting gobstopper oh right 
Oh yeah, the and then Charlie's like, okay. And gobstoppers look so much cooler in the movie. Than yeah, they, they do look in real like life. a like a I don't know. They have spikes. Yeah, they look like that thing that you throw on the ground and it like shakes. The bumble like, ball. That's yeah. what we used to call it when we were kids. Yeah, yeah it, Timothy, my littlest brother, had one, and it played Wipeout. <laughs> Wipeout. Yeah, and it went da na na and it shook. That's cute. It's very weird. Give me what back a bizarre fish. Remember that thing. That, like, the fish the that talking talked, fish? That people had. That was a fad. That was a really unfortunate fad. That too. was a fad. Like, what the fuck? Like, pop five pound puppies is a fad. That's a fad. Mm-hmm. The big mass. Big mouth Billy Bass. Yeah, big mouth. Oh, God. Big mass. I'm so glad. Thank God that's over. And when I see Y2K coming back as a trend, things like that worry me. Oh, you think, like, I'm my go- niece is going to be like, oh, could you get me a big mouth Billy Bass for my room? Well, like, what's birthday? the equivalent to big bass Billy Bass or whatever, <laughs> plus pooping cow pigs, yeah. plus, like, what other dumb, stupid thing? You know, something's bound to happen. There's bound to be a fad. COVID's over. I'm telling you, a you know, fad is coming. It's funny that they've tried to bring back Tamagotchis so many times, and it never took. No, it's never going to take. Which is weird, because no. that Because should've... people have far, like, what is that, that island where you have Animal Crossing and things uh-huh. like that? And, like, that's over now. They're, that was a fad. They are but... not one-to-one. And Animal Crossing was never a fad for me, Megan. I've been playing the game for, oh my god, 20 years. Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go was definitely a fad for me, at least. I I don't open that. That was like a Dubla fad. That was like a fad, and then it, like, came back as a fad again. Which is weird yeah. that it, like, it had that second wave. It had second it's like life. COVID. Yeah, it had a second life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I'm, I'm curious what the next fad's going to be. So get. after Ben sings Pure Imagination, we then move on to the closing number. Fozzie just, like, walks out at, like, good night. And is like, oh yeah, Crazy Harry blew up the box. Wait, you didn't mention the Wiggly Muppet on the top when he's singing. Oh my god! And then yes! all those Koosh balls. Yeah, all those like those Koosh balls that look like Gritty's head. Yeah, and they, you know, they tried to do that like cool screen thing that like the graphics. You yeah, know, like... there was a lot of cool like freaks in like these like <laughs> creatures of imagination. I guess. Yeah. In that sketch, I really did like the one guy. He was like huge. He was mostly a head with like he had tons of teeth. Yeah, I love he had, that. Like, little Mister Dink teeth. I love that you said freaks, but then quote you air quoted creatures of imagination <laughs> instead of like air quoting freaks. <laughs> that just made me laugh. <laughs> Anywho, but so okay. And close, why didn't they give him a Muppet who looked like him? I they sh- they still should do this. It's a funnier bit than it was a funnier bit than what they did. Closing out this episode with Fozzie walking on stage saying like. Oh, Crazy Harry blew up the box. Why did you take that away from us? Why did we not see the box blow open and have Fozzie emerge from that? Yes, you've blown up countless things this episode, and you've chosen the most interesting piece of this episode, like as far as storyline goes. It must have been. I would imagine, or I don't like they couldn't figure it out, maybe. To do, like, a full-body Fozzie, like, to present it with the explosion? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense that you work this up, work this up, that it's inescapable, and then show him escape, like, having escaped. Not, you don't show him actually escape. That makes no sense. I fucking hated that. I hated it, too. And I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Which Muppets do you think have both their parents? (laughs) This is our Father's Day episode. Ah! (laughs) Which Muppets do I believe have both of their parents? Yeah. I would have to say Fozzie probably has two parents. I think Fozzie. I I swear to God, I think Fozzie has both parents. Now, can I ask you, I think Fozzie may be one of the few that does have both parents. Mm -hmm. And they're both very active in the picture. Mm -hmm. And Fozzie's mother is very encouraging. Yeah. And I think his father is coming around. Yeah. But he doesn't see it as... He thinks Fozzie needs a backup plan. Even yeah. though Fozzie is the star of a television finance. show, he needs to, he should have a backup plan. Yeah, he needs to be in finance or a doctor or something. Yes, yeah. all the other Muppet Bears in their family. Uh, I love have... that he called himself a bear in this episode. Yeah. I... I'm a big bear is what he said. <laughs> he was like, I'm a big bear. I can do it. I was like, I oh, think, my God. Yeah, I think it's Fozzie. That's it. That's it? Piggy has just a mother. Yeah, oh, they have a real. Yeah, um, Piggy what's that has, one? Liza yeah, Minnelli think... and and. Uh, yeah, oh Piggy's yeah, Piggy's mother wanted to be a star. Judy also. Garland. Yeah, I think so, they have that relationship. But Judy Garland was a star. 
Like, well, no, that's no. Well, yeah, I think that I don't know that Piggy's mom is a star. Maybe I think Piggy wants to be a star, and her mom is like jealous. And I think her oh, you dad think her mom's is a stage mom, like a uh, yeah, like, I'd like that, like one of those. And then I think like the dad is is alive but out of the picture, mm-hmm. and like she has like those issues. And he's gonna show up when she starts making money, and she probably has a brother who's like really close with the dad still. Who she sees every now and then, and he's like, uh, "Dad talks about you all the time. I don't know why you you don't call her." Yeah, call oh, him. you don't, you haven't called Dad. What, you why do you call Dad? Dad? You only oh my god, what are you on this TV show? You don't even care about yeah. Dad. It's a family show. Yeah. Oh, oh you god. don't even care about your own family. Yeah. Oh, I just had a kid. You, you yeah. never you never call. Uh-oh. You never call. Uh-oh. You can come over any time. Who am I? Just kidding. You can come over any time. You know that Scooter only has an uncle. Yeah. We know that who Scooter may or may not. <laughs> who may not be, who may not truly be his uncle, right? I think Scooter's uncle is Scooter's gay sugar daddy. Okay. I also like the idea that Scooter perhaps is doing a Norman Bates style thing where his uncle died many years ago. And oh, he's I like been collecting one. money. Yeah, it and, could be more like, sinister. He's been collecting his, his uncle's social security. He lives with his uncle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like when somebody comes to the house, like he misses doubtfires and he's like the uncle. He's like, hello! Kermit? Kermit doesn't have parents. Yeah, Kermit at all. definitely doesn't. But he does have brothers and sisters because yes. he's an uncle. Yes, he's an uncle. He's a proud uncle of Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, proud Robin. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Ralph I don't know definitely has doing. parents. Ralph has parents. Yeah, they don't live anywhere near him. No, no, no. He no, can't no. contact Ralph's them. Ralph's parents are actually British and they're in the UK. That, and that's like explaining. Ralph went to New York to make a life for himself. Ralph's parents were actually in the States when he was born. Oh, so he has so American he citizenship. Is, he's an American citizen and um, his parents were then deported. So he actually, <laughs> he had, he was a stray for a little while. But he does love his parents, and he understands that it's not their fault that he did not grow up with them. Mm-hmm. He was a pound puppy. Yeah. I think Jennifer definitely has both her parents, but Jennifer's parents are like, really, they have no idea that she's on the show. Like, she ran away from home, and like, she comes home like every night. Like, she's still she in high school. Yeah, she doesn't tell them what she's doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like this. It's like when kids went to the radio station to go dance, like, you know, in Hairspray. <laughs> You know, like they used to do. I also love that you skipped over, like you skipped over, like who else? Real, like real Muppets? Who, Jennifer's not a real, real Muppet. Muppets, and you're like Jennifer is. Oh fuck, dude! This. I think well, who did we miss? Doing this episode. Wait, well, I, so I want to know who we missed, though. We missed. We missed Gonzo, well, but Gonzo, we know Gonzo doesn't yeah. have family. We missed, um, like the whole band. Yeah, I don't know about them. We'll have to put them. Maybe put a pin in that. Um, but most of them probably did have parents because they were hippies and they used their parents' money to get to San Francisco and then they created a band and they oh, lived yeah. off the grid and they like probably were like family friendly and by the family I, I mean, the say, Manson you mean the Manson band. family. Well, yeah, they're like <laughs> friends of the family <laughs> and Brian Wilson and um, you know. Um Yeah, I think that basically I think that's our perfect wrap-up for Yeah, and Statler and Waldorf's there. parents are obviously not with us. Do you think Statler and Waldorf show up on the Muppet Babies? You haven't yes. talked to me about the Muppet Babies yes. in a long time. I bet you Statler and Waldorf do show up on the what Muppet Babies. do you think? Babies. They're in, like, their 40s? Uh, I think that they probably have, like, brown hair. They usually give them brown hair, right? Okay. Like, when you see, like, a... A little less wrinkles? Yeah. They're in their, like, late 30s, early 40s? No, they're definitely in their 40s. Everybody was in their 40s back then. Nobody, nobody... <laughs> and even if they were in their 30s, they looked like they were in their 40s. You went from being a teenager to being in your 40s Yeah, you were then. just, it like, automatically, really you had, like, crow's feet and wrinkles, and you were deaf in your 40s, so that's just how it goes. Next week, Megan, we have a very funny episode with... Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba! And if you would like to hear what goes on in that episode, I would. I would love to share it with you. If I had the right thing open, I would okay, be able to share it with you. Okay, all I want to do is pull up the Phyllis Diller sprinkler from, from Robot uh, Chicken. Yeah, Robot Chicken. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And that actually is Phyllis Diller doing the voice. Phyllis Diller was a lot of fun. Yeah. She 
she fucked around with a lot of weird oh, stuff. Oh, she fucks with that. Like, she definitely does. I'm excited to see her play in this episode. She's been, she was 60 her whole life, right? Yeah, like, de- oh, definitely. That's like the Steve Martin life. thing. You know yeah. what I mean? He was like, he was like a grown up all the time. Check this synopsis for next week's episode. Okay. Phyllis Diller, episode 18, originally airing on February 12th, 1977. Aging wardrobe woman Hilda tries to make herself look younger by putting on a wig some makeup, and even some very tight foundation garments. This is a Hilda episode. Oh. A character that I honestly didn't even know of until we started watching this show so heavily. Because mm-hmm. I never watched it straight through, really. I don't know? think Hilda's in the second season either. I don't think so either. I think they drop a couple characters. They drop Wayne and Wanda. They drop on. Hilda. I don't know. I wonder if maybe there was a test audience that was like, cut this kind of like you know of course there was because I, I even george the, the janitor network, okay you know what i love about the show hysteria because i watched a couple episodes of it <laughs> they have this person who's all about the network uh-huh. cc something and yeah she's like well the network they won't <laughs> let us do this joke yeah, they I don't want that. us to do this don't song. you feel like that's who angelica's mom is like a she's network? the network yeah she's the network i believe that who's her assistant Jonathan. And he's gay, right? I guess. Is I don't ever... know that they ever show him. He's they... a phone character. No, they have to show Jonathan He doesn't once. exist. <gasps> I don't think so. He always existed as a gay man to me. I don't know why. And I don't think he ever had a voice. I think he's just like... No. Oh, really? Like when she'd be like, Jonathan, get me, blah, blah, blah. He'd be Yeah, I don't think he ever talked. I feel like there has to be one episode. this is another Mandela effect. Yeah. It's just Megan remembers things that didn't happen. These are Pakiro effects. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it was time to watch The Muppets. We did watch The Muppets. You can follow along with us on social media at I-T-T-W-T-M. You can buy a t-shirt. There's links in the notes. And be sure to watch the Phyllis Diller episode to join us next week for another episode of It's Time to Watch The Muppets. And then don't forget to put some Windex. Yeah, put some wind. It's making you feel better. Put some wind. It's a weird soul. That's all I want to say back to you.